Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marianne and Wanda. I'm Allie. And I'm Andy. And we're back again for another week. What you, what you been up to, Andy? So Adam and I went to a new brewery yesterday. One of Adam's bosses brews beer on the side, and Ooh. he collaborated with this new brewery making a special beer. I don't know. It was an IPA, so I didn't drink it, but I got a different <laughs> thing that they had there. Did Adam uh, drink it? Yeah, he did try it. And was he it said good? it was pretty good. Yeah, right. Adam's not, not usually somebody who likes IPAs, um, but he said this one was pretty good. Oh, and yeah. they also had really good pizza at this place. It's it's right off the square, like, I don't know, a block or two, well, probably two blocks. Oh, okay. Um, but it was an old cotton mill, and they've transformed the inside of it now to like an event space um they had the sumner academy auction there a couple of times i think but a lot of the little i don't know it's like little shops inside now and so there's a big space at the end that this brewery is in Hmm. and yeah so we tried that the other night and it was good rosie liked the pizza she approved wow yeah yeah other than that that's all we've been doing lately (laughs) Wow. What about you? I've been working a lot, not getting anywhere, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) I think, yeah, that's about it. I went to the Costco today and that was a lot of fun for me. It's one of my favorite activities. (laughs) Do you get get the um, hot dogs there? I have sometimes. I seriously considered it today. Um, Don't people normally rave about the Costco hot dogs or is that Ikea? No, that's Ikea meatballs. Oh. Um, it's the Costco hot dog. It's because it's a dollar fifty for a foot long hot dog and a drink. It's oh. an incredibly good deal, and you don't have to be a member to get it. Because oh. it's on the other side of the registers, you're allowed to walk up and go get go to their food court. Hmm. I highly recommend. Yeah. It's a delicious hot dog. Did you get one? Uh no, I considered it and I almost bought a piece of pizza. And then I hate to say this, but this I was seriously thinking about it i had almost turned my cart to go walk over the kiosk and then i looked over and this lady was scraping all of the cheese and pepperoni off of a piece of pizza like just so that there was only sauce and pizza crust left and watched her do this and all of the delicious cheese and pepperoni went into like a pile on the foil underneath her and i was like this isn't I don't know. Like, I saw that, and I couldn't get over what just happened, because I can't imagine ever getting the cheese and pepperoni off a piece of pizza like that, that it threw me off my groove, if you will, and I just walked out. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so, that's that was my day. It was also my checkout guy's last day at Costco, working there. Um, oh, man. So, it was a big day, and, well... <laughs> I also, the real reason why Costco made me happy is because I feel like I won the checkout game, if you will, because they noticed that I had arranged everything barcode side up so they didn't have to take anything out of the cart to scan it. And I like had my Costco card ready for him to scan when he was ready. And then I had my ID ready when he scanned the wine. And then I did a tap to pay. For I was like, <laughs> way too happy about that. I am speed. Yeah. <laughs> I won Costco. <laughs> That's anyway. funny. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about arranging groceries with the. Uh, well, I guess if they're 
Do they have like a little scanner handheld thing? Yes. And like, like a lot of their stuff is bulk items, right? So it's usually big and bulky. Yeah. And so if you like leave it in your cart, particularly if it's barcode side up, they'll just scan it and then they'll take some of the smaller stuff out if they need to. But gotcha. I'm a professional, as I've said. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our book for the week. Yeah, well, what'd you choose for, for us? So my book that I chose was Once Upon a Royal Summer by Terry Wilson. And as I mentioned in one of our other episodes, I had no idea what this book was going to be like because I just walked up and down the aisles at my library and picked it off the shelf. Is this you, like, trying to get any blame off of you for this? Yes, yes. (laughs) Because I was underwhelmed by this book. But, yeah, so... Don't blame me. Okay. <laughs> Read along. That's I mean, so maybe funny. other people, maybe other people really liked it. It was not for me, but it was also not my first choice of book when I went to the library. But the ones that I wanted to get were already checked out, so I had yeah. to resort to my chaotic method of choosing a book. <laughs> you know, believe it or not, you could have looked up if your top two choices were at the library before you went there. I know, but look, I am not technologically inclined yet with the online library system. Such an old lady. Okay, sorry, continue. So, Once Upon a Royal Summer is by Terry Wilson. Some quick background on her. Terry Wilson is a USA Today best-selling romance author, which also, when I picked this book off the shelf and I saw that it had the little emblem as a USA Today best-selling author... I was like, oh, it's probably pretty good if it's got this award sticker on it. She's known for writing whimsy romances. That's kind of her go-to genre. I don't know if she's written anything outside of that, but from what her website looked like, pretty much everything she writes falls into that that uh, category. Mm-hmm. And, and three of her novels have been made into Hallmark movies. Which, like, I don't know if you've seen any of the other covers of her books, but they all look like Hallmark movies. And yeah. it definitely had a Hallmark movie feel to it. Well, it was it's it was published by Hallmark. They have a publishing branch, apparently. Yeah, I guess um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and it was published by them. So, uh, like, I feel like in, in the defense of Terry Wilson, um, it is very much so a Hallmark book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just not for us, apparently. Yeah. And according to her biography on her website, she is also a recipient of the prestigious Rita Award, R-I-T-A, mm-hmm. for excellence in romantic fiction and a 2022 inductee into the San Antonio Women's Hall of Fame. Well, good for her. So, She's yeah. a popular, popular author, so. Yeah, she is. So congratulations to her <laughs> for those awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I just don't want to. I don't want to um, stomp too much on the book. I don't know why. I guess I just feel like recently, and maybe it's because one of my friends just wrote a book, and I've been hearing about how hard the process has been. I just feel like we have to have an appreciation just for the fact that she did actually sit down and write a whole book, which I haven't done yet. So yeah, most people will never do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a huge accomplishment and for her and many other authors to have a series or have a repertoire of multiple books that they've written. Like I can't even imagine that. Yeah. But you're uh, right. It's uh was not particularly well written or imaginative at all. 
it definitely was not my go-to style of Mm. book that I like. She has another book called Once Upon a Royal Christmas, which sounds like it would be a sequel to Once Upon a Royal Summer, Mm -hmm. but not. It's it's totally different. And the tagline for Once Upon a Royal Christmas is she pretends to be a princess at children's parties, but can she melt a real prince's frosty heart? And like it's it sounds like it's exactly the same story, but it's totally different characters. So if that's kind of the way that her books tend to go, since I didn't particularly enjoy this one, I don't know that I would read another one by her. Mm-hmm. Just because it seems like this other one is basically the same storyline. Yeah, it's the same general idea. Yeah. Plays princess all day. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she had a lot of princess like dress-up costumes growing up. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, differently from you, I listened to the audiobook, and um, you said that you were really struggling to actually physically read this book. Yeah, I found myself, like, skipping a lot of the details and just, like, skipping to the dialogue, mm-hmm. because it seemed like a lot of the descriptions and, like, the, not subtext, but, like, whatever wasn't dialogue just seemed to drag on and on about, like, you know, just minute little details about this and that that didn't matter and Uh so yeah I found myself having to go back and like make myself actually read in between the dialogue (laughs) okay I am I on the other hand listened to the audiobook because it was available through my library on Hoopla and I (laughs) like I I think that that probably enhanced the experience for me I will say I know that we all assume like when we envision royalty, I think most people in America will envision like the British royal family. Mm-hmm. And so everyone in the royal family in this book uh, was given a British accent by the person who did the audiobook. It didn't make any sense. Like even the daughter, Rose, who had not spent time in England, had a British accent. Mm-hmm. Her dad, Prince Henry, spent time there in college, right? Only? So, like, why does he have a British accent? The Queen does, too. I didn't think about that. They probably would have had more of, like, a French accent, right? Yeah, because it was, it's like a country in France, on the French Riviera. (laughs) Yeah. I guess not in France, but, you know. Yeah, on the border. On the border. It borders France. It's a mixed country anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I will like, say though that something I did like was the details between the dialogue because I didn't really like the dialogue. So I liked it when they were talking about the setting in the theme park. We you didn't like like the yeah. descriptions of that at all. I okay, so in the theme park, I will say that this theme park would be pretty cool and I would go visit it if it existed. Oh, and absolutely. I, I, like you made note that you liked the particular fairy tale characters that they spotlighted at this theme park and i agree you remember the story of the three billy goats in billy goats gruff (laughs) (laughs) no i don't remember that i remember that i remember that story as a kid and they mentioned that like part of the or one of the areas of the theme park was billy goats gruff and i don't remember what what ride they had there but it was like a little area of the theme park and I was like, oh, man, I remember that story from when I was a kid. What happens in that story? 
I have no idea. I can't remember, but I remember Billy Goat's Gruff. So I'm going to have to Google it after we get done and see what it's about. But oh, I, so I liked a lot of the character call outs like, oh, they had something about like the Snow Queens area, yeah. like the different characters that they had in there. I was like, oh, man, I remember those stories. But they yeah. were like, all ones that were not Disney. Right. Yeah. Is this, this it was the Disney. No, it's not. OK. Um, they were. All, it was all like, um, yeah, like the royalty free uh, fairy tales that we grew up with. Yeah. Like, did you read The Princess and the Pea? I mean, I probably did as a kid, but I don't really yeah. know anything about it other than she slept on a bunch of mattresses. Oh, well, okay. That was one of my favorites. So we had, you know, like the Golden Spine books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had like five different ones that were fairy tale princesses. Mm-hmm. And so the Princess and the Pea was one of them. And I used to sit down and read like all five in a row. And I loved this one. It was like one of the last ones I read because I... It was, it's so funny. Like she is just a, a like princess out wandering around and it's all of a sudden starts raining really hard. And so she just shows up to this castle where this prince has been looking for a wife for forever. And his mom has um, been like interviewing princesses and been saying things <laughs> like, well, you know, like she's too fancy, you know, like she's too proper. She's to this, she's to that. Mm-hmm. always finding fault and then this princess shows up in the rain and like his mom to test to see if she's a good uh like princess like good enough for her son makes mm-hmm. her sleep on like 12 beds or 12 mattresses with a single pee underneath like yeah. <laughs> what kind of logic is that yeah I, that's wild i remember like sleeping and having the pee under all the mattresses but i couldn't yeah. tell you anything else than that but yeah i'm tossing them turning all night I'm going to have to look up Billy Goat's Gruff because that was one that stood out. I'll have to figure out what that was about because I don't remember. Yeah. So I I I did enjoy all the the characters at the theme park. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I was envisioning it and I was like, man, you know, maybe if I had a a lot of money, I would build this theme park. So did you know that there is a potential plan for a theme park like this? No. Yeah, it's called like Storyland or something like that. Or story where would book, they put storybook it? Storybook land. You know where the Roxy Theater is? Yeah. Keep going between the Roxy Theater and the fairgrounds. Oh. Like that big patch of woods. Yeah. Right there, that's where it's potentially going to be. I think it's still like just an idea at this point, but there was like some formal plans drawn and wow. like submitted to the city and all that. I don't know that it would go through. I haven't heard anything else about it, but cool. this reminds that too it's called like storybook land well i'm gonna have to look that up later that sounds great i'll see if i can find the article and i'll send it to you yeah thanks yeah (laughs) but i hope it's like this if they are gonna build it yeah maybe we should send them this book and say ignore everything but the theme park itself and (laughs) well and don't do i really hated the thing i did hate though um was that they gave the cinderella like departure from the tea time oh yeah to the what was her name it's not princess p what's her name sweet p princess sweet p like they gave that to her and that just didn't feel like i was like just leave that out make her just go to bed or something i don't know like it doesn't have to do that yeah i didn't like the mixing of the two storylines for that yeah what were some of the other things you didn't like about this book now that i've talked (laughs) about the only things that i did like (laughs) 
Okay, so one of my main things that I was not really feeling in this book was the timing of everything. Yeah. So this whole book took place in the course of like two weeks. When we first meet Lacey, who's Princess Sweet Pea, she had just broken up with her fiance. So she's like single for a whole like, I don't know, 12 hours. Yeah, max. (laughs) Maximum. Yeah, maximum of like 12 hours before she goes to work, meets the prince and the daughter. But like, they don't even like get off on the right foot. Like, she thinks that he's like mocking her Mm -hmm. and and whatever. So, but like, she's also assigned after she doesn't realize it, she's assigned to basically escort Henry and Lacey around the park. But the whole time that they're there, it says in the book many times that Lacey spent most of her time on rides with Rose. Yeah. So she didn't really even spend much one-on-one time with Henry. And so they were there for four days. And then it seemed like they, um, they're apart for probably like three or four days. Mm-hmm. And in that time, they like text a couple of times. But I assume that the time difference makes it so that they can't really like oh, yeah. continuously talk. I can assure you of that. Yeah, I've lived with someone who had a cross-Atlantic relationship, and it is, you have to, like, make time to talk to them because of the seven-hour time difference. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. There's, like, three or four days where they, like, exchange a couple of texts, and then there's, like, four days of her at the castle. But Henry is, like, tending to other royal duties and, and to Rose's riding lessons and other stuff, so he really doesn't even spend, like, that much quality time with Lacey so Mm -hmm. for them to go from having met each other to getting engaged and falling in love in the course of two weeks with really not that much interaction just seemed like not realistic at all to me yeah yeah I wasn't really impressed with the timing of that I also feel like if in this situation in which you not break up with a fiance let's she was calling off a whole wedding like she had planned a future with this man Mm -hmm. and then within 12 hours i feel like you wouldn't have somebody on your radar in that amount of time if you break up with a partner like that you're not going to be turning around that quickly and immediately thinking oh is this man flirting with me yeah but even when she first met him he was grumpy baseball hat man or something so it's like her first impression of him wasn't even like oh my gosh who, who is this guy i gotta marry him so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just Yeah, and then she didn't even see him until the next day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wasn't really feeling the whole timing of events. But yeah. then again, it's a book and it's a love story. So, of yeah. the sort, I guess. Well, you also didn't like the similarities between The Princess Diaries and What a Girl Wants. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I thought that there was a lot of similarities between both of those. Do you remember the movie What a Girl Wants? Why well, only vaguely... Oh, okay. It was one of my favorites growing up. It's a good movie, and it's got the young Amanda Bynes in it, and sure. Colin Firth is the dad mm-hmm. in the movie. But it just pretty much, like, if you could take that movie and Princess Diaries and smush them together, you would get this book. Okay. Like, there were so many similarities to it that it was like, I already knew what was coming next because it was going to line up with one of those two movies. Mm-hmm. For example... What a girl wants. The dad and Prince, his name is Henry. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as I read that when it first opened, I was like, oh my gosh, is this gonna be like what a girl wants? 
Um, so the dad's the dad's name is Henry. There's no wife in the picture. He has an overbearing mother, and he has a daughter that he wants to connect with and just be normal in some sense. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the similarities that were like overall between that one. But mm-hmm. Princess Diaries, there was so many more. Mm-hmm. Such as Lacey is just like Mia Thermopolis, who finds herself intertwined with royalty in one way mm-hmm. or another. Lacey decides at the last minute she's not going to go to the ball at the very end of the book, like Mia not wanting to go to the ball at the end of the movie. But then at the literal very last minute, they just they both decide, okay, I'll go. Yeah. And <laughs> and then Bella Moritz is basically Genovia. Like, yeah, that was my first thought when I heard about Bella Moritz. I was like, ah, yes, Genovia. Yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> and like, Bella Moritz was supposedly a country on the border of France with lovely, mild weather all the time, which is exactly like Genovia. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Genovia, at one point in the movie, the last time I watched it, it mentioned something about being on the border of France. Oh, no, it is. Yeah. That's, that's why I- I'm not corrected you, yeah. Yeah, and so Bella Moritz is known for their flowers. Genovia is known for their pears. Yeah, I don't know. There was just one thing after another. If you've seen Princess 2, they have a grand, like, royal parade, which they also had in Bella Moritz. And Mm -hmm. then lastly, how do you say the French word for grandmother? Is it Grand Marais? That's how I was reading it. I think it was Grand Marie. And Grand it's Mar- Bella Moritz is how the audiobook person was saying it. Oh, no, it was Grandmare is what Grand- it was. Okay. I, I In my head, I was saying Grand, Grand Marais, but anyway. I think so it's Grand Marais, yeah. The grandmother has this low-key identity crisis, and she realizes that she can be royal and a good mom to Henry and grandmother to Rose, just like Queen Clarice Rinaldi discovered in Princess Diaries. Yeah. And I noticed that, um, you know, the grandmare was worried about the garden for the ball and the flower festival and how few flowers were in there. That, you know, who else did that? Queen Clarice. (laughs) I saw your your notes of that and it reminded me of Queen Clarice when she was like, we need fountains. We need fountains in the garden. (laughs) Yeah. Make me an Eden. Yeah. I need more, more, more in the garden. Yeah, I yeah. about that. <laughs> but yeah, there to me, there was just so many similarities between Princess Diaries and What a Girl Wants that I was like, this just seems like it has no originality to it at all. Mm-mm. Not so much. The theme park, though. <laughs> yeah, the theme park was cool. So one other small part that I wasn't sure if you had caught it, and now that you said that you listened to the audiobook, I wonder if it has the names different. But at one point... Lacey and Ava go to the, quote, fairy godmother's house, who, at first, when the chapter starts, the girl's name is Madeline. She's got a closet full of dresses. And then about halfway through the chapter, her name changes to Madison. (laughs) And then towards the end of the chapter, it switches back to Madeline. (laughs) I had to reread it so many times. I was like, am I missing something? Are there two girls who live together that are, that both play the fairy godmother? Like what's going on? I reread it a few times and I'm like, no, okay. The, I think the writer and the editor just messed up the name. And then later on in the book, Lacey talks about getting a souvenir for Madeline for letting Mm -hmm. her borrow a dress. And I was like, okay, it definitely said Madison, like, 
four or five times and then switched back to Madeline. So <laughs> that to me just seemed, it seemed really sloppy to me. I'm like, how did the editor and the writer and whoever else proofread this book not catch that it changed this girl's name? Yeah, I guess, you know, if it's the MAD, you know, everything else is just the same <laughs> to them in their eyes. But yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't notice that. So that's really funny. I wonder if the audiobook just says Madeline the whole time or if it says Madison and then switches back to Madeline. Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Not willing to uh, <laughs> listen to it again to try and figure yeah. it out. <laughs> That's not even, I, I will say that those aren't even the things that I hated that much about this movie. Or not movie, this book. <laughs> I thought it was so unrealistic. You're talking about the fairy godmother who was, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, had all these floor-length ball gowns because she was a pageant queen, a former pageant queen, right? Right. I'm telling you, there is no way that Lacey, Ava, and Madeline Madison all fit into the same dresses, no issues at all. Yeah. Like, absolutely no way. And with no time to make any alterations. No, absolutely not. They're all, not all <laughs> the same height. They're not... There's Because really what irks me about it is that the pageant queen would have gotten them super altered to like fit her nicely right if she'd been doing it that many years and Mm -hmm. so it's like well then what the heck are they doing i also hated the one thing i hated the most more than anything is that is the turnaround time between lacy deciding to go and actually going on this trip because (laughs) do you have a passport I have one, but if I think it expires this year, but it wouldn't be valid anymore anyway because it has my maiden name on it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like I, to me, they describe, not they, Terry Wilson describes um, Lacey as like never having time to go on vacation anywhere. Like she said that that was one of her problems with her ex fiance, right? Is that they never had gotten any time to vacation or spend time together. And she just on a whim is going to be able to travel internationally there is no way that this woman has a valid passport yeah (laughs) and can just like go off on a whim like this like I think everyone should have the ability to travel to all the foreign countries they want to but realistically if she's not had a reason to get a passport she's not going to just have one yeah Uh, that just made me so mad Well, I also thought, too, she's never really done any traveling. And, like, her parents apparently had no concern with her just, like, hopping on a plane and going to a foreign country to meet somebody she's only known for four days. What kind of parents are they? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I hate to say it, but also, if she's not been flying around on planes a lot, does she not have any anxiety about this cross-Atlantic flight? Yeah. Ridiculous. So the only thing that I, like, kind of let that... I let the passport thing go was that I assumed at first that Lacey and Ava must have been going on a private jet. And Ah. I don't know, but I I don't think that was true. I don't think so. Because it seemed like they had a driver picking them up like (laughs) like they were flying economy to Bella Moritz. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know if if you fly on a private jet somewhere and I'm assuming you get off the plane like on the the asphalt not in the actual on the tarmac yeah yeah whatever it's called like if you get off there and you're like ushered by a limousine somewhere and whatever do you have to have a passport yes you still have to have a passport Andy. you still have to go through customs who checks you 
Like, like you the- just get off on the tarmac and get into a car and drive away. I can assure you that people who do that still are registered to travel and take a passport. (laughs) I don't know what it is because my assumption is that they are flying into private airports or like smaller airports Uh at least. And so then there might be some way that they can get around going through physical customs. But Mm -hmm. I can assure you that, yes, they still have passports. They still have because if you get stuck somewhere, the second you leave the airport, if you get stuck anywhere and you don't have a passport, you're not going to, like, you can't do anything. Yeah. Um. So, yes, I can assure you that that does still happen. But I think that they did, like, fly economy to Bella Moritz and then just, <laughs> like, got off the plane and had a driver. Yeah. That was the only thing that I wasn't sure about. I was like, maybe they flew on a private jet. Yeah. No, that no, was they needed a passport. Very unrealistic, too. Yes. And I was, okay, so I was, I listened to the audiobook, obviously, and one of the times I do that is when I'm walking my dog, Jose, and I was walking him outside, and I'm wearing, you know, like a headlamp. Jose has this nice little light-up collar now. Um, It's like LED. <laughs> the one you, um, when you were stranded at Lowe's? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that I got when I was stranded at Lowe's. You're very familiar. And I just, like, all of a sudden yell out as I'm reading this book, or listening to this book, and get looked at by the neighbor that's right next to me. And it wasn't at all because of the love story. It was because she got off the plane. And then the author says, like, and then I texted my parents to let them know I landed. And I was like, no, you didn't. And then she was like, and then I texted Henry. And I was like, we're here. And then was, like, looking around for the car people or whatever. And I was like, there is no way this woman has a phone that is usable in a foreign country. You can't just and- use your phone. And Mark called her out of the blue while she was in this foreign country and they like supposedly had no connection issues or anything while she was using her phone. Absolutely not. Most unbelievable part of the story. (laughs) I hated that. I, every time I go abroad, I get so mad about like the phone service and everything and just her to just be able to talk to people really got me going with this book. I guess just the last thing that I wanted to talk about that I really, really hated uh, was the, do you think that Rose really would have been helped by riding the carnival horse on like the merry-go-round in the park? Would that have helped her? I mean, she's six or seven, so I could see how maybe she would be very impressionable, Mm -hmm. but like even a kid at that age is going to know that there is a huge difference between a real horse that moves while you're underneath it and like a, a not a toy but a, a wooden horse ride. yeah a wooden horse that you're riding on a theme park ride yeah it's no i didn't think that that was realistic at all but they were like oh you you were the one responsible for helping rose get over her anxiety and it just was it must have been that carousel horse i'm like come no on. like <laughs> even i guess if if it were true that the carousel horse had helped her, I guess then it does make sense that dressing up her real horse like the carousel horse would have also helped her. But that was just cute. I would have liked to have a horse when I was riding in the Christmas parade when I was younger, be full of like ribbons and flower yeah. chains and all that. But I also, again, feel like if she had still like it was described in this whole book that she like still wasn't able to really ride her pony up to the parade and so yeah would changing the horse like that really make it to where she was all of a sudden great in this big parade which again 
if it's anything like the Princess Diaries parade, you know, like it's a small <laughs> country, but still everyone comes out. So it's like yeah. a, a lot of people there. It's not like riding in the stable with no one around, but your driving instructor and Prince Henry, you know? Yeah. Also, I'm just now realizing that once Lacey and Ava got to Bella Moritz, there was like literally zero information about how Rose's riding lessons were going. Like there was yeah. one time where Henry was like, I've got to go check in on Rose. But we never got any more information about like, oh, she made it three laps around the arena today or like anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> Like, all we got was, uh, she still doesn't seem ready to ride in this parade. Yeah. Like, well, what are you guys doing with her? Just putting her on top of the horse? At that point, just let her ride in the carriage. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. So, yeah. Overall, I just wasn't really, wasn't feeling this book. I didn't seem, yeah. it didn't seem like they were really falling in love and ready to get engaged in this time frame, at least mm-hmm. the way that it was written. Like, it just didn't sell it to me. No. I just yeah. didn't get from any of their interactions or their dialogue that they were like head over heels and I don't know. I just... Well, yeah, I think it was just because there wasn't a lot of depth to the story, you know, like yeah. the characters were like likable overall. Like I didn't hate any of them. No. And the setting was fun and we like love to see Lacey supporting Rose, but like there was no depth to any of that. Like there was yeah. no substance to how they were falling in love or like cute little glances they would give each other or yeah rose yeah like walking walking next to a horse like and then leading the horse and then getting on the horse or something yeah. like that you know yeah so we just really weren't into the the magic of this romance so. the only magical parts that i liked were the theme park and bella moritz yeah <laughs> would visit both places yeah <laughs> the rest I could do without. <laughs> yeah. yeah over, overall, though, I just felt like there was way too many similarities between Princess Diaries and What a Girl Wants that it just, I don't know, didn't seem very original and, I don't know, would not recommend. Yeah, I guess not. I don't know. Would you recommend it? Like, I guess if if your genre is Hallmark movies, then yes, I actually would recommend this book. Actually, if- think this would be good for like girls age like 10 to 14 they would probably really like this book yeah not quite ready for a real romance book like a yeah ya romance book Mm -hmm. but uh still interested yes the very like gentle beginner romance yeah i guess there is some tell of cancer that's what Lacey's mom died of right she had leukemia so yeah Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's the only like to me that's the only really mature part of this. And then so Rose's mom and Henry's wife also died of some kind of illness. Was it also yeah. cancer? Couldn't have been. Well, actually that might have been one of the similarities that they were drawing between Lacey and Rose right. that helped bond them together. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Rose's mom was sick with something and then lazy la- lazy. <laughs> lazy. Lacey's mom died from leukemia when she was a kid. So I guess yeah. those would be the two mature topics, but I feel like a 10-year-old, it like doesn't get into the details or anything, so yeah. I feel like a 10-year-old would be able to handle that. But I'm also not a parent, so who's to say? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to go ahead and give a rating? Yeah, what do you want What do you want it to be out of? What about theme parks? Okay. Or you like something different? 
The theme parks is good. I'd give it... Man, I hate... God, I really hate to do this because I really do want to support a female writer. Uh, but I gotta <laughs> say, like, a one and a half out of five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was thinking maybe a two, but it just wasn't what I prefer to read. No. Um, yeah, just wasn't for me. I think this is one of the few times where a book club discussion has, has brought me, has brought the book farther down, in my opinion. <laughs> Look, they so, can't all be winners. <laughs> yeah, hats off to you, Andy, truly. <laughs> Yeah, I was disappointed in this one as I was reading it. Like, man, my chaotic method of picking picking a book has failed me. <laughs> yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely some people who would enjoy this book. I think young young teenage girls would for sure. And then people who like the Hallmark. People who sit down at Christmas time or like in between Thanksgiving and Christmas and just watch like Hallmark movie marathons. This would probably be a book they like. I'm sure. Yeah. But I am not one of those people to sit down and watch Hallmark movie marathons, so. No, I'm not either. And I used to think I would be. And I think that I do really like the romance genre, but not these kitschy Hallmark, you know, like, puzzle piece, sandwich, Mm -hmm. put this, then this, then this, wrap it up with a bow type stories. If it's too predictable, I'm not interested in it. Like, like and it was hard to even get through reading all of it because I already knew what was coming next. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. You're right. They can't all be winners. (laughs) Anyway, so that wraps it up for Once Upon a Royal Summer. Yes. If anybody read read the book and has any input, I would like to know what you (laughs) get out of five theme parks. (laughs) If you enjoyed this book, please tell us why. Or if you didn't enjoy it, why you agree with us. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't feel as bad about hating this book. Uh... Yeah. Like it is so, what it is. Yeah, it's okay. But yeah, she's I mean, she's a bestseller, so there's plenty of people who enjoy her books. Yeah. Yeah. Just I just not us. Not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so you have picked our next book, right? Yes. Um, I would actually like to do a collection of short stories if we're all okay with it. This is uh from twenty thirteen. It was recommended by NPR. And I trust them for the most part. And it's called 10th of December by George Saunders. It looks good. It's supposed to be funny, um, dark at sometimes, but overall very funny and good. So we'll see what uh we'll see what it's like. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda. We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda Podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda Podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.